football a football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by Matt T and nate what's up boys so how's it going all right in today's episode we're going to take a look at the recap from week 14 in the nfl uh, and then we'll just hop right into our fantasy football pickups for the week and then we'll preview week 15 take a look at all the games for fantasy project out the spreads who we think is going to win each game so uh, yeah let's just get right into it we'll start with the recap uh, we'll start with the Thursday game the Minnesota Vikings being the Pittsburgh Steelers 36 to 28 uh, we'll look at the stats for the Vikings uh, we'll start with Kirk Cousins 216 passing yards two passing touchdowns and two interceptions in terms of rushing, Dalvin Cook, 27 carries, 205 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns, so big day for him. In terms of receiving, K.J. Osborne, three catches, 83 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, seven for 79 and a touchdown. And Tyler Conklin had two catches for 20 yards. I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, what are your thoughts on Minnesota? Um, This was a really good game. Um, Normally, Pittsburgh has a really good defense and they're really good at um, limiting the other team's offense, but um, Minnesota really came to play. So good job. Yeah, I think TJ Watt got hurt partway through this game, and he's pretty much the lifeblood in the Steelers' defense. Um, yeah, really unfortunate for them. We'll look at the Steelers now. Ben Roethlisberger, 308 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and an interception. In terms of rushing, Najee Harris, uh, 20 carries for 94 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Chase Claypool, eight catches for 93 yards. Deontay Johnson, five for 76 yards. James Washington, four catches for 65 yards and a receiving touchdown. Ray Ray McLeod, six for 32. And Pat Fryer moved two for 32 and a receiving touchdown. Well, Najee Harris had three catches for 10 yards and a receiving touchdown as well. Um, Mete, I'll get to you on the Steelers. I guess, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's a rough loss, and first half was terrible for them. So, yeah, I was watching the game. After the first half, I pretty much thought it was over, but they made a, almost a crazy comeback. And at the end there, Claypool really cost them a couple of seconds. Uh, just instead of celebrating, you got to give the ball to the ref. Uh, Could have saved them some seconds, run another play at the end. And yeah, I feel like he's becoming one of those more controversial players now. A couple of weeks ago, he had that uh, quote about him uh, saying he wants music at practice so they can have more fun. But I think he needs to be more uh, focused on winning at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're winning, uh, people don't normally talk about the, those controversial things. But once you start losing, trust me, all the controversy controversy comes to the surface so yeah he definitely has to watch out for that um we'll get to the next game now uh, the dallas cowboys being the washington football team 27 to 20 uh looking at the stats for dallas Dak prescott 211 pass yards a passing touchdown and two interceptions in terms of rushing ezekiel elliott 12 carries 445 yards while Corey clement had 13 for 44 and then looking at receiving cd lamb seven catches for 61 yards Michael Gallup, five for 60 yards. Amari Cooper, five for 51 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Mete, I'll just get to you on Dallas. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? 
Uh, this is another game on the crazy first half. So this time I decided not to turn it off. I just went to red zone as there's a lot of games. And then, yeah, football team almost making an insane comeback in the second half. And the offense right now is looking really shaky. Uh, Dak Prescott, ever since that calf injury that made him miss the game against the Minnesota Vikings, he's looked a bit off, but there's four games. Hopefully he can fix up. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he's looked off as well. He's battling a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah, I feel like the offense really needs to start clicking, but the defense uh, totally won us this game because like three, four turnovers. And yeah, uh, the defense is playing great. Hopefully the offense can fix up, but there's uh, four games to go. So yeah, there's still some time to fix things up. Yeah, for sure. I don't feel like Dallas is in any trouble at this point. This is a big divisional win. Um, I feel like they're close to locking up the division. Of course, they have to keep playing well down the stretch. We'll definitely see if they can do that. Uh, getting to Washington, uh, taking a look at their stats. Uh, Taylor Heineke, 122 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. Kyle Allen comes in, throws 53 yards as well. Uh, in terms of rushing, Antonio Gibson, 10 carries for 36 yards. Jarrett Patterson had four for 29. Jonathan Williams had four for 16 and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Cam Sims, three catches, 69 yards and a touchdown. Adam Humphreys had four catches for 34 yards and it's pretty much it for receiving. Um, I'll get to you, Nate. I guess, what are your thoughts on the football team? Um, I feel like this wasn't too bad of a loss against a really good um, Cowboys team. But at the same time, like Mete said, they were um, fumbling the ball too much. So I think ball security was probably the most important um, thing for the team. I guess in the first half, they it was pretty bad. They were scoreless, but they were able to make the adjustment in the second half. And... They kept it um, close, but maybe, I guess, not close enough. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that Washington, they are a good team. Um, they just have certain games where the, either the defense struggles. I think this game, the offense was struggling. Um, they, they just sort of need to find their identity, in my opinion. They don't really have that right now. I think their defense is still continuing to play better. Hopefully that can become their identity, and hopefully uh, they have a chance of making the playoffs. Um, yeah, let's just get into the next game. Tennessee Titans being the Jacksonville Jaguars, 20 to zero. So big win for the Titans. Uh, looking at their stats, Ryan Tannehill, 191 passing yards. Uh, and then in terms of rushing, Deontay Foreman, 13 carries for 47 yards and a rushing touchdown. Ryan Tannehill, four carries, 29 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, uh, Jeff Swain, three catches for 45 yards. Anthony Ferkser, four for 34, and Julio Jones had four for 33. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on Tennessee. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Um, this was pretty um, pretty impressive, especially from a defensive end. Um, they were able to keep Jacksonville at zero points. I know Jacksonville isn't necessarily the best team, but um, Tennessee isn't really known for their defense, but they were able to still contain uh, Trevor Lawrence and they didn't have to put up a really crazy score to win. Yeah, you're right about them containing Trevor Lawrence. He threw four picks in this game to go along with his 221 passing yards. Then in terms of rushing for the Jaguars, James Robinson, six carries for only four yards. So everything was contained there. Um, in terms of receiving, Marvin Jones went six for 70. 
Treadwell had four catches for 68. LaVisca Chanel, four for 34. And James O'Shaughnessy had four for 21. So really not much here. Uh, Mete, I don't know what you want to say about this Jaguars team, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, Lawrence, he did have a tough game, four interceptions, but Peyton Manning in his rookie year, I believe he threw like 30 interceptions. So yeah, he's only a rookie. He'll get better. I think the main problem, honestly, is Urban Meyer. He seems really disinterested in this team. Uh, we saw the incident with him partying. Uh, there was this question. I think they asked him about an offensive lineman. And they were like, oh, he played bad or something. The reporter said that. And he like under his breath, he's like, yeah. Uh, they asked him for this game specifically about a defensive player. I'm sorry, I can't remember the names. And yeah, he's like, oh, this guy played he's starting to play more and the guy played zero snaps. So yeah, I feel like he doesn't really know what's going on. He is a great college coach, but this is the NFL and it's a totally different game. I think they need some better coaching to improve. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. College big difference from the NFL, obviously college, they focus more on recruiting players and, and sort of building your roster and the NFL, of course, every team has a salary cap, so you can't just un have an unlimited uh, recruiting budget. So, um, yeah, he's got to really focus on the actual coaching aspect. And I think that um, he's too used to, I guess, winning in college when he comes to the NFL. He gets placed with a rough team and he gets really discouraged. So, yeah, um, I don't know whether he's the right guy for this Jacksonville team. I guess time will tell. I think their season's pretty much over at this point, but... Um, yeah, they're going to be, I guess, in the running for first uh, first overall again this year. So, uh, yeah, it's pr pretty interesting to see who ends up getting that. And then, yeah, speaking of first overall, the Houston Texans are in the running for that as well. They get blown out by the Seahawks, 33-13. to 13. Uh, We'll look at the Seahawks first. Russell Wilson, 260 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Uh, in terms of rushing, Rashad Penny, big day, 16 carries, 137 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Then through the air, Tyler Lockett, five catches, 142 yards and a receiving touchdown. DK Metcalf, four for 43. Will Disley, two for 38. And Gerald Everett, he had one catch. Sorry, he had two catches for 15 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you on the Seahawks. Yeah, they started to win a few games in a row now. Yeah, they have. And I don't know. I feel like it might be a little too late. They're playing in a tough division and a tough conference. So, they, they can't afford to lose any more games. And the score looks bad, but up until the third quarter, it was 19 to 13. So the Texans were doing pretty good and they just pulled away near the end. So, yeah, at least I can say that the Seahawks defense had a good showing. And yeah, uh, outside of that, <clears throat> they haven't really looked like their uh, regular selves. The Seahawks are usually 10 plus wins and playoff contenders. Yeah. To get into the playoffs, you're definitely going to have to run the table. I think the, the last playoff spot, the team does have a losing record. So there still is a chance for the Seahawks team, but yeah, like you said, it's going to be really tough. Um, getting to the Texans. Now uh, Davis Mills started this game, a quarterback, he threw for 331 yards and a passing touchdown. So pretty good day for him uh, in terms of rushing Rex Burke had 11 carries for 40 yards. Royce Freeman, 11 for 15. And then in terms of receiving, Brandon Cooks, eight catches, 101 yards. Nico Collins, five catches, 69 yards. Royce Freeman, six for 51. And then both Rex Burkhead and Brevin Jordan 
had four catches for 26 yards where Jordan found the end zone. Um, Nate, I guess I'll get to you on the Texans. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess this was a case of they were able to get downfield, but just weren't able to cross the end zone enough. Um, I guess they had a pretty good first half against the Seahawks. They managed to keep up with them, but in the second half, they just weren't able to um, make enough adjustments, I guess. So the Seahawks were able to make their defensive adjustments and the Texans weren't able to respond. But at the same time, this is a rebuilding team, so it's going to be a little tougher to tougher for them to make those kind of adjustments. Yeah, I definitely agree. They don't have the, I guess, as talented of a coaching staff, as talented of a roster. So all those things, I definitely agree with you. Texans, like we mentioned, they're one of those lottery teams. They're just looking forward to the draft at this point. Um, we'll get to the next game. Big blowout. Kansas City Chiefs being the Las Vegas Raiders, 48-9. to so I think this is the biggest win uh, of the weekend. Uh, we'll get to the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, 256 passing yards, two passing touchdowns for him. In terms of rushing, Derek Gore, nine carries for 66 yards and a rushing touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 10 carries for 37 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Um, and then in terms of receiving, Tyreek Hill, four catches for 76 yards. McCole Hardman, two for 59. Daryl Williams, three catches, 31 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Byron Pringle, one for 28. And Travis Kelsey, three catches for 27 yards. While Josh Gordon had two catches for nine yards and a receiving touchdown. Nate, I'll get to you. I guess, what are your thoughts on KC Nation? I mean, I guess they're back. This is pretty much the... Kansas City team that we saw from last season where they just steamrolled whatever team that they wanted outside of like a few other um, Super Bowl contenders and I guess there's not really much to say about this they're back. Yeah I think there's been a lot of debates over the past few games with how good they've looked whether they're still the team to beat in the AFC I mean it is possible if they can somehow secure home field advantage it's going to be very tough to beat this team going forward. Um, we'll get to the Raiders now. Looking at passing, Derek Carr, 230, 263 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. In terms of rushing, Josh Jacobs, nine carries for 24 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Hunter Renfro, 13 catches for 117 yards and a receiving touchdown. A huge day for him. Josh Jacobs, five catches, 46 yards. Zay Jones, five for 25. And Brian Edwards had two catches for 24 yards. Uh, Metti, I'll get to you on the Raiders. I mean, is this team uh, done for, or I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it depends on their schedule, but it's not looking good. And yeah, congratulations, Raiders. You guys poked the bear by stomping all over the Chiefs uh, <laughs> logo before the game. You should definitely not be doing that. Never works out. And yeah, you saw what happened. They get completely blown out. You piss off a team that's well, on like a five or six game winning streak, giving them even more uh, motivation than what they need. So, yeah, I'll say the lone bright spot here was Hunter Renfro. Uh, 13 catches is a lot. I think last uh, three games, he's had like 30 catches. So, yeah, he's looking like a great uh, target for Derek Carr. Yeah, for sure. And I guess they can ask Juju Smith-Schuster how dancing on logos worked out because <laughs> clearly uh, they, they didn't learn their lesson until the end of the game. Uh, there was another blowout here. We'll get to the next game. The New Orleans Saints beat the New York Jets 30-9. to 
Uh, big game for the Saints here. Taysom Hill, 175 passing yards. Uh, he also ran 11 times for 73 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Alvin Kamara was back in this game. He rushed 27 times for 120 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Nick Vanett, three catches for 44 yards. Marquez Callaway, two for 34. Traquan Smith, three for 33. And Alvin Kamara, four catches for 25 yards. Um, Mete, I'll get to you on the Saints. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, they finally get a win. I think they were on like a five, six game losing streak, something like that. And yeah, playing the Jets will definitely help you snap a losing streak. Uh, yeah, up until the fourth quarter, it was actually kind of close. They uh, really pulled away in the fourth. Taysom Hill, I really like the fact that uh, he's a dual threat. His throwing might not be the greatest, but uh, his scrambling is really elite. So makes it hard on defenses to know what's going on. Alvin Kamara also, he returned. So yeah, that's a big reason why they were able to snap the losing streak. He's their best player at least on offense, and yeah, uh, nine points only for the Jets. Great job keeping them out of the end zone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, really solid uh, job for the Saints, getting back on track. Um, getting to the Jets now, Zach Wilson, 202 passing yards for him. Uh, he also had 33 rushing yards on four attempts, while Michael Pirine had seven attempts for 28 yards. And then in terms of receiving Braxton Berrios, six catches for 52 yards, Ty Johnson, four catches, 40 yards. And DJ Montgomery had three catches for 36 yards. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Jets. Just really not much here to talk about. Yeah, they're pretty much outplayed on both sides of the ball. Um, they weren't able to um, get across to the end zone. I noticed they tried to get downfield, but they were only able to get into field goal range every time. So they were able to get some field goals in, but uh, I guess touchdowns were out of the question this game. Yeah, for sure. They just really couldn't get anything going um, for the most part. Um, yeah, like you said, both sides of the ball, they got all played and they're, they're pretty much just moving on um, week by week and just moving towards the draft. A lot of these bottom tier teams are sort of doing that now. Um, we'll get to the next game, division game, Atlanta Falcons being the Carolina Panthers, 29 to 21. Um, looking at the Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan, 190 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Cordero Patterson on the ground, 16 carries, 58 yards and a rushing touchdown. Mike Davis, 11 carries for 44 yards. And then getting to receiving Russell Gage, four catches for 64 yards. Kyle Pitts, five catches, 61 yards. And Mike Davis, five catches for 42 yards, while Hayden Hurst had one catch for three yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on this Falcons team. I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on this win? Um, it was a really uh, close win. I think both teams were going back and forth, so it just came a question of whether Atlanta could outgun the Panthers, and they were able to this game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, they were on the road going into Carolina and they got a big win here. So good on the Falcons. Um, we'll get to the Panthers now uh, in terms of passing Cam Newton, 178 passing yards and an interception. PJ Walker also played in this game, 75 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. Then on the ground, Cam Newton at 10 carries for 47 yards and a rushing touchdown. Chuba Hubbard, 10 carries for 33 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then 
In terms of receiving, Robbie Anderson, seven catches, 84 yards, and a receiving touchdown. DJ Moore had also had 84 yards on six catches. And then Brandon Zalstra had four catches for 45 yards. Uh, Matt Taylor just get to on the Panthers, and this team's really struggling right now. Yeah, it really hurts me to say this, but uh, Cam Newton, he's I feel like he's kind of done for, at least as a passer. He's still a great rusher, but yeah, uh, he's not the greatest passer right now. This is like the second straight game. He gets benched mid-game for P.J. Walker. So, yeah, uh, rough performance. And I feel like they probably missed Sam Darnold. As most of their wins came with him, and he was getting a lot of criticism. So uh, Panthers fans definitely probably miss him right now. They definitely miss uh, Christian McCaffrey as their run game wasn't that great with uh Chuba Hubbard, like I said, Newton was their best rusher, so he's still really good for running. Uh, Robbie Anderson, though, he had a good game. He's been really struggling this year, and yeah, the trade, uh, I think they traded, what, Dan Arnold, like week four or five, something like that. that. I think that really hurt them as their tight ends hasn't been that great, so yeah, uh, it's they were off to such a great start, the Panthers, but they're really slumping right now, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it might end up falling on this coaching staff. I mean, you've had Darnold in there, you've had Walker in there, and you've had Cam Newton in there, and none of the three have worked, clearly. They've all had issues passing the ball, throwing interceptions. So it might come down to, you know, changing the coaching staff at the end of the year. So we'll definitely have to see what happens whether Matt Rule sort of gets the boot at the end of the season but we'll definitely have to see about that um let's get to the next game Cleveland Browns beating the Baltimore Ravens 24 to 22 uh, we'll look at the Browns Baker Mayfield 190 passing yards two passing touchdowns and one interception in terms of rushing Nick Chubb 17 carries for 59 yards Dearness Johnson had four carries for 22 yards and then in terms of receiving, Donovan Peoples-Jones, five catches for 90 yards. Jarvis Landry, five for 41 in a receiving touchdown. Austin Hooper, five catches for 30 yards in a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Browns. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I feel like this was a very hard-fought victory by the Browns, considering they're going through um, a lot of injuries, and they had even more injuries this game. The Ravens were also pretty injured. Um, I think Lamar had an ankle injury after, I guess, taking a hit by um, JOK. So I guess after that, it kind of made the game really um, winnable for the Browns. And their defense really helped them. Unfortunately, I feel like their offense needs work, but at the same time, their offense is really injured. So can't really be too hard on them this game. Yeah, you can't really be too tough on the Browns. Also, you can't be too hard on the Ravens because Lamar Jackson got hurt after only throwing for four passes, 17 yards. Um, Tyler Huntley comes into this game to play quarterback. Uh, he throws for 270 yards and a passing touchdown, so not too bad from him. Um, in terms of rushing, he also rushed six times for 45 yards. Um, and then Devontae Freeman had 13 carries for 64 yards, while Latavius Murray rushed for one yard in a rushing touchdown. In terms of receiving, uh, Mark Andrews, 11 catches, 115 receiving yards and receiving touchdowns, a big day for Andrews. And then Rashad Bateman, seven catches, 103 receiving yards, great day for him. And then Marquise Hollywood-Brown, five catches for 41 yards. 
Um, Mete, I'll get to you on the Ravens. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they almost made a crazy comeback. Uh, they score a touchdown, and then they needed the onside kick. They got it, and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, they're about to pull off this insane comeback. But then J.D. on Clowney with a huge sack, uh, I think, was the game-saving play. But, yeah, Tyler Huntley, like you said, he had a great game. I feel like he kind of uh, pretty much plays like Lamar. So I like that as uh, they don't have to have a different playbook for their backup quarterback. They can run the same exact plays. And, yeah, Mark Andrews, he had a great game. Rashad Bateman as well. So, yeah, uh, they made a great effort in the second half, almost coming back, but they just fell a bit short. Yeah, they definitely did fall short and big win for the Browns as well, trying to stay in playoff contention. Um, Definitely really needed this divisional win. Um, We'll get to the next game, the LA Chargers beating the New York Giants 37-21. Um, Looking at the Chargers, Justin Herbert, 275 passing yards and three passing touchdowns for him. In terms of rushing, Austin Eckler, 12 carries, 67 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, Justin Jackson also had nine carries for 35 yards. Well, Joshua Kelly also played in this game. He had 10 carries for 33 yards. In terms of receiving, Jalen Guyton, three catches, 87 yards and a receiving touchdown. Josh Palmer, five catches for 66 yards and a receiving touchdown. And then Mike Williams had six catches for 61 yards. Um, While Jared Cook had two catches for eight yards and found the end zone. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll get to you on the Chargers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they're looking good again. They were off to a hot start, kind of got stagnant, and then they're starting to win again. Herbert has been amazing. Same for Eckler. Uh, Guyton did a great job this game without Keenan Allen. So, yeah, his number was called upon, and he delivered. And, yeah, last season, they weren't even too bad. I believe they were in a lot of one-possession games. They had a lot of uh, bad clock management. So. Yeah, this season, uh, they're looking much better, uh, better coach as well. Yeah, and they're looking great on the field as well, whether it's the Navy or the powder blue jerseys. I definitely I really like both of those for sure. Um, we'll get to the Giants now. Mike Glennon um, played quarterback. He had 191 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. Um, in terms of rushing, Saquon Barkley, six, 16 carries for 64 yards. Devontae Booker. Uh, eight carries for 56 yards, and Mike Lennon rushed one time for seven yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, in terms of receiving, Kyle Rudolph, two catches for 66 yards. Saquon had three catches for 31 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, and Devontae Booker had four catches for 28 yards, uh, while Elijah Penny had one catch for three yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to on the Giants. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? I guess this was kind of a game where the Chargers just um, outmatched the Giants. They weren't really able to lean in their run game enough, which is kind of disappointing because Saquon's a really good running back. Mike Lennon played um, pretty good, I guess, aside from getting that um, fumble. His ball security is pretty decent, but if he didn't get that fumble, maybe it would have been a little bit closer, but um, at the same time, they had two scoreless uh, quarters, and but tried to come back as already too late. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, too little, too late at the end. Um, some garbage time points just sort of made it look closer than the game actually was. Um, Chargers' big win 
uh, obviously. And um, another big win from a team in that division, the Denver Broncos, they really beat up on the Detroit Lions 38-10. to 10. Um, Obviously, um, big win for them, celebrating uh, the death and uh, a memorial for Demarius Thomas. Um, really unfortunate uh, for him. And um, I think the Broncos really put on a show uh, just to show their their um, you know love and and compassion for him and um, yeah big day Teddy Bridgewater 179 passing yards two passing touchdowns on the ground Melvin Gordon 24 carries 111 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns Javante Williams 15 carries 73 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown and then in terms of receiving Noah Fant four catches for 51 yards uh, Jerry Judy five for 47. Albert O, 5 for 41 in a receiving touchdown, and Tim Patrick, two catches for 21 yards, while Javante Williams had one catch for 10 yards in a receiving touchdown. Um, Nate, I guess I'll get to on the Broncos. Pretty big win for them. Yeah, uh, really dominant. Normally, Detroit is able to contain some teams that you wouldn't expect and make the game um, closer than you would expect it to be, but the Broncos have a pretty underrated offense. Um, they're, I think they're pretty deep in um, every position that, that matters and pretty much makes it hard for any team to contain them, I think. Yeah, their rushing attacks are very solid as well. They have a two-headed monster with Gordon and Williams that just pretty much dominate, whether it's the passing or whether it's the receiving game or the rushing game. So, yeah, really solid. Um, getting to the Lions now, um, Jared Goff, 215 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. In terms of rushing, Craig Reynolds, 11 carries for 83 yards. Uh, Godwin um, Iquibuke had uh, eight carries for 25 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Amon Ross, St. Brown, eight catches for 73 yards. Josh Reynolds, three for 32, sorry, three for 52 yards. And Khalif Raymond, four for 31 and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Metti, I'll get to you on the Lions. Uh, it's a pretty tough loss for them. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I think I was talking about how I was really impressed with the Lions defense and they didn't have that today. I feel like uh, the tragedy of Demarius Thomas, it just really motivated the Broncos. So I think that was a big factor. But yeah, uh, the positives for the Lions, Craig Reynolds, their plaque practice squad running back had a great game monra st brown he's looked great last couple of weeks and same for josh reynolds uh they picked him up recently and he had chemistry with jared goff from uh the los angeles Rams. so yeah those three guys had great offensive showings i think yeah definitely a tough day for the lions hopefully they can at least look better by next week they probably won't win the game but yeah, maybe put up a better showing offensively for sure. Um, moving into the next game, San Francisco 49ers beating the Cincinnati Bengals 26 to 23. I believe this game went to overtime uh, where the 49ers won it. Um, we'll get to the stats now for the 49ers. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, 296 passing yards, two passing touchdowns for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, Jeff Wilson, 13 carries for 56 yards. Debo Samuel, eight carries for 37 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, George Kittle, 13 catches, 151 yards and a receiving touchdown. He seems to be having big games every week since he's been healthy. Um, in terms of Brandon Ayuk, he had six catches for 62 yards and a receiving touchdown. 
Juwan Jennings, three catches for 46 yards, and Debo Samuel had one catch for 22 yards. Um, I guess, Matt T, I'll get to you on the 49ers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, you guys know I'm not the biggest fan of Garoppolo, but I can't hate this game. He had a really good game. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson, he did all right, filling in for Elijah Mitchell. Debo Samuel, uh, his versatility is amazing. This guy's getting five-plus carries recently, scoring rushing and receiving touchdowns pretty much. So, yeah, uh, he's a great weapon for them. George Kittle had a monster game, and the defense did their job. So, yeah, I think they're a solid team. It's just Garoppolo, for me, is a game manager. So uh, they're going to go as far as the defense and uh, how well the playmakers make plays when uh, the ball is in their hands. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think Nick Bosa has been pretty underrated this year. I think he's top five in sacks now or something like that. So, yeah, he's really turned it on for this 49ers team. I'm um, getting to the Bengals now. Joe Burrow, 348 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. He looked pretty solid in this game. Um, in terms of rushing, Joe Mixon, 18 carries for 58 yards. Um, and then in terms of receiving, T. Higgins, five catches, 114 yards. Jamar Chase, five catches for 77 yards and two receiving touchdowns. C.J. Uzama, four catches, 56 yards. Well, Tyler Boyd had four for 55. And um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on this Bengals team. I guess pretty tough loss for them. Yeah, I went all the way down to the wire against um, a San Francisco team that uh, really came to play as well. I think in the Bengals case, it's not really the problem with the offense because their offense is really good. Um, Joe Burrow has a lot of talent and he really showcased it against um, San Francisco defense. Joe Mixon's a really good running back. Jamar Chase is really good. T Higgins is really good. I think it just um, came, came down to just a really close game. And I guess the Bengals need to improve their defense a little bit to kind of slow teams like San Francisco down. Yeah, I think San Francisco, like the way that they construct their offense, they're really tough overall, even if you have a good defense. So um, I think the Bengals did play better on defense here than they did play against the Chargers the week before. So yeah, just a small improvements definitely would go a long way for this team. Uh, then getting to the next game, this game also went to overtime. Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Buffalo Bills 33-27. to Let's get to the stats for Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, 363 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. One of them is his 700. So congrats to Tom Brady. Um, in terms of rushing, Leonard Fournette, 19 carries for 113 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Tom Brady had seven carries for 16 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. In terms of receiving, Chris Godwin, 10 catches, 105 yards. Mike Evans, six catches, 91 yards and a receiving touchdown. Rob Gronkowski, five catches for 62 yards. And Brashad Perryman, his one catch was in overtime and it went for 58 yards and for the game-winning touchdown. So, um, Nate, I'm going to get to you on Tampa Bay. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? A really solid team. They're the defending champs for a reason. I think uh, Buffalo Bills, they're a really good team as well. And um, this game went all the way down to the wire and the Buccaneers were able to dig deep and come up on top. Yeah, they definitely did play really well. They came out on top. Uh, you mentioned the Buffalo Bills. They really picked it up, uh, mostly in the second half with that big comeback. Well, let's take a look at their stats here. Uh, in terms of passing, Josh Allen, 308 passing yards, a passing touchdown. 
two passing touchdowns and an interception. Um, in terms of rushing, Allen led them there with 12 carries for 109 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Devin Singletary had four carries for 52 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Stefan Diggs, seven catches for 74 yards. Uh, Cole Beasley, nine catches for 64 yards. Dawson Knox, seven catches, 60 yards, and a receiving touchdown. And Gabriel Davis, five catches for 43 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mette, I'll get to on the Bills. They lost three out of four. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, kind of slumping right now. And for this game, it's another almost comeback. I feel like there's been way too many this week. They almost make an insane comeback. Uh, Allen going 54 times. And I'm kind of confused as uh, Singletary, like you said, he had four carries for 52 yards. That's an average of 13 yards per carry. So you could definitely be running with him more if it's working like that. Uh, you don't have to throw every single down. Uh, but Allen, he had a great game running as well. And there was quite a few uh, missed calls against the Bills. So I think this could have totally been a different ball game. Yeah, I think you mentioned in the last podcast that they need to give Zach Moss more carries. I don't even know if he was active in this game. He didn't even get one carry. So that is a troubling thing for this Bills team. Uh, not using one of the better running backs that they have on the squad. So, um, yeah, definitely something they need to improve going forward. I guess moving on to the Sunday night game, the Green Bay Packers beating the Chicago Bears 45-30. to 30. Uh, getting to the stats for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, 341 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. Huge day for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, A.J. Dillon, 15 carries for 71 yards. Aaron Jones, five carries, 35 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Devontae Adams, 10 catches for 121 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Alan Lazard, six for 75 and a receiving touchdown. Mercedes Lewis, four catches for 51 yards. And Aaron Jones, three catches for 30 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mette, I'll get to you on the Packers. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, the Bears were kind of looking scary in the first half. They take the lead going into halftime, but second half, completely different story. And <laughs> it's another win for Rodgers against the Bears. The joke is that he owns the Bears, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... It's true, man. So it's not really a joke at this point. Whenever it's the Bears and the Packers and Rodgers is in, you just feel like the Packers are bound to win. I think at one point they changed the Bears Wikipedia page, uh, the ownership <laughs> to owned by Aaron Rodgers. So that's pretty funny. Um, I'll definitely agree. He does uh, own the Bears over his career. He has been really solid. All right, let's get now to the Chicago Bears, uh, looking at some of their stats. We'll start with Justin Fields, 224 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and two interceptions. He also rushed nine times for 74 yards. David Montgomery had 10 carries for 42 yards on the ground. Then through the air, Demir Bird, two catches, 76 yards and a receiving touchdown. Jakeem Grant, one catch for 46 yards and a receiving touchdown. I believe he also had a punt return touchdown in this game as well. So solid uh, game from Jakeem Grant. Uh, David Montgomery, six catches for 39 yards. And Darnell Mooney had one catch for 19 yards. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Bears. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? I think that they had a pretty good first half. But unfortunately, in the second half, um, 
the game kind of ran away from them and it was really hard to catch up at that point. I think Justin Fields pr- played pretty good, especially for a rookie to 124 yards. That's pretty decent. But I guess the next thing to work on would be um, ball security. That being said, the Packers have a really good defense. So um, it happens even to the best of quarterbacks. But when you're facing a team with a really good offense, you want to, I guess, try to limit the amount of interceptions if that's possible. Yeah, for sure. I think he had a really solid game. He's really uh, looked solid over the past couple outings he's had. So hopefully you can just continue um, on uh, to the next game. I think the Bears, they're still in contention. So, um, yeah, he uh, he can still, you know, play well and then, um, you know, keep them uh, in the hunt, I guess, late into the season. Um, let's get to the Monday night game now. The LA Rams beating the Arizona Cardinals 30 to 23. Oh, we'll look at the Rams stats now. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 287 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Um, in terms of rushing, Sony Michelle, 20 carries for 79 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Cooper Cup, 13 catches, 123 yards and a receiving touchdown. Odell Beckham, six catches, 77 yards and a receiving touchdown. Well, Van Jefferson had two catches, the one for 58 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Rams. It's a pretty big divisional win. Yeah, uh, especially against the Cardinals of um, all teams. Normally, the Cardinals are like steamrolling every team, but um, I guess the Rams are finally playing to their potential. I remember um, during the offseason, we said that the Rams could potentially be a deep playoff team with Matthew Stafford and the roster that they currently have. And then they added Odell, who's I think he's been underrated because he hasn't had the best couple of seasons, but he's finally starting to get some use. So really good job by the Rams. Yeah, Odell Beckham looked great in this game. I'll definitely agree with you on that. Um, I guess tough luck for him. There's a potential he could miss the game of uh, being on the COVID list uh, next week. Hopefully he can get off the list before the game. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the, the Cardinals. Um, yeah, Kyler Murray, 383 passing yards and two interceptions for him. In terms of rushing, he led the team with seven carries for 61 yards. James Conner had 13 carries for 31 yards and two rushing touchdowns. And then in terms of receiving, A.J. Green, seven catches, 102 receiving yards. James Conner, nine catches for 94 yards. Christian Kirk, three catches, 86 yards. DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, five catches for 54 yards. And Zach Ertz had five catches to 42 yards. Uh, Mete, I guess, getting to you on the Cardinals. I guess what went wrong for this team? Yeah, this is another almost comeback. Uh, Kyler Murray's two interceptions definitely didn't help. James Conner feels like a touchdown machine at this point. He's scoring almost every week. And, yeah, uh, at the end there, they played it kind of bad, I think. Uh, I think there was, like, five, six minutes to go. Fourth and, like, one. They're down 10 at this point. It was around, like, a 56-yard field goal. They decided to go for it, and they uh, didn't end up getting it. So the Rams got to waste a couple more minutes. And then after they kick a field goal with like a minute, maybe a bit less than that, they get an onside recovery. And after that, they uh, don't end up getting the seven points they needed. So, yeah, I think if they kick the field goal around like the five, six minute mark, whenever it was, uh, it could have been a different outcome. Also, when they got that onside kick, they took too many penalties and uh, kept pushing them. Yeah. I think it went to like first and 25. 
And you can't be doing that when you have less than a minute left on the clock. So yeah, a tough loss for the Cardinals, but big win for the Rams in the division. And yeah, that's pretty much our recap for week 14. Um, we'll move now into the fantasy football pickups for the week. I guess we'll start at running backs. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you. Who's your running back pickup for the week? Um, for the week, I think you can take a look at um, Dearness Johnson. Um, main reason why is he's probably going to get um, a lot more um, chances for carries or maybe even for catches, depending on um, how the plays work out because uh, Kareem Hunt is looking um, doubtful. So if he ends up not playing, then they're probably going to use Dearness Johnson more because the Browns like to run to running back sets. All right. And um, I guess I'll get to my running back for the week. It's Rashad Penny for the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seahawks backfield has been a bit muddy in recent weeks with guys like Adrian Peterson and Alex Collins factoring in. But it looks like Rashad Penny is given the full go from Pete Carroll as the number one running back. And I think I agree he's the more talented out of the three backs at this point in their careers. So um yeah, I think that Rashad Penny, uh, you should go pick him up. He's under 50% rostered. Uh, definitely a must-add this week. And then, Matt, I'll get it to you for your running back pickup for the week. All right, so for running back, I have Craig Reynolds from the Detroit Lions. He's at 1% rostered, and, yeah, there is a chance he might not get any uh, points because right now, like, probably the third running back behind Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, but... Those two, we're not sure about their status right now. So, yeah, I feel like with the Lions uh, having a horrible season, I don't think they rush their guys back. They probably just wait on it. And Reynolds, I think with him being only 1%, it's just uh, too good of an opportunity. I feel like he should pretty much be available in all leagues except that 1%. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's definitely one of those plays that if you somehow made the playoffs and you don't have running backs, you can take a flyer on him and hopefully hit the jackpot and win your playoff matchup. So yeah, um, definitely. Um, and then I guess moving uh, on to wide receivers, um, Nate, I'll start with you. Who's your receiver pickup for the week? I guess for the week, you might be able to take a look at um, Kendrick Bourne. Um, he's about 31% rostered. Um, I guess, depending on the type of defense, he ends up getting utilized more. So um, I feel like the Colts are kind of in the middle. So I feel like that kind of uh, gives Bourne an opportunity to uh, get some fantasy points. All right. And I guess my um, wide receiver pickup for the week is Devontae Parker. Um, I think that um, he's a great pickup for this week. Um, I feel like, you know, he just came back from injury. He's been utilized quite well. And he has a great upcoming schedule, uh, starting with the Jets uh, in week 15. Um, and I believe he has like what the Saints pass defense, which hasn't been great. And then he also has the Titans pass defense, which hasn't been the greatest either. So um, he's got two, ex three, sorry, exploitable matchups um, over your playoff fantasy schedule. So definitely go pick him up. He's under 50% rostered. You can throw him into a flex spot. He should be pretty solid. Um, Mete, I'll get to you for your uh, receiver pickup for the week. Yeah, I have Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens it's at a 36% roster rate in Yahoo. And yeah, I liked what I saw from him this week. Uh, Lamar, he might not play 
this week and Tyler Huntley, I think most, if not all his catches came from Huntley. So it looks like Huntley really likes Rashad Bateman. So if Lamar can't go, I think it's even better for Bateman. All right. And um, I guess moving on to quarterbacks, uh, Nate, I'll start with you. Who's your quarterback pickup for the week? For the week, I think you can take a look at Ben Roethlisberger. 22% rostered, but um, his past few games have been pretty good. 22 points against the Chargers, 19 against Baltimore, 25 against um, Minnesota, and Tennessee doesn't have the best passing defense, so I feel like he should be able to get over 20 fantasy points if you pick him up. Yeah, definitely. And um, I guess for my quarterback pickup for the week, I have Tua Tagovailoa for the Miami Dolphins. Um, we talked about how consistent he consistently he was getting around 20 fantasy points per week. Um, it dipped the last couple weeks, but he does have an easier matchup against the Jets in week 15. So if you need like a desperation play guy on the waiver wire, you can throw into your lineup. He's definitely the guy to look at. Um, he's still under 50% rostered. Um, he has a decent rushing, rushing upside. So yeah, definitely go at him if you need a quarterback to play. Um, and then we'll get to tight ends now. I'll start with you, Nate. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? I guess for the week, you can take a look at um, Albert Okuaguna for um, Denver. I think he ended up getting um, 12 fantasy points for Detroit. I'm not sure if he's going to get 12 against, against Cincinnati, but he should be able to get a decent amount. All right, and uh, Mete, I'll move to you. Who do you like at tight end for this week? So I actually have two. Uh, David Njoku is the first one. He's only 5% rostered from the Cleveland Browns. But I'm just cautious with him because he was out due to COVID last week. And this week, maybe it carries over. He doesn't clear the protocols. And it, in case of that, I have Harrison Bryant also from the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, I'd go for Harrison Bryant if Njoku can't go. He's 0% rostered. And uh, I like these two guys because uh, today uh, Austin Hooper got ruled out. I think Jarvis Landry also got ruled out. And then, like we said, uh, Kareem Hunt is doubtful. So that's three of the top pass catches in Cleveland out. And without those guys, Njoka and Bryant, I feel like could have career days. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you definitely got to target um, as many of the players as you can for the Browns as they have a great matchup against the Raiders. So I definitely agree. Um, I guess we can move now into the preview for week 15. Um, we'll start with the Thursday night matchup. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll just get to you um, for the Kansas City against LA Chargers. Yeah, so for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Lair, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, the standard four. And then for the LA Chargers, I like Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler for sure, Mike Williams, great season so far, Keenan Allen, if he can clear the COVID protocols, definitely. I like Jalen Guyton if uh, Keenan Allen can't suit up. He had a great week. Uh, last week in Keenan Allen's place. And then Jared Cook, I'd probably play in deeper leagues. All right. And I guess getting to the, the matchup, uh, it looks like the Chiefs are favored by three points on the road. Uh, Matty, I'll start with you. I guess, which side do you like here? 
I think three points is too little for the Chiefs. They're really hot right now, so you got to keep riding with the Chiefs, I think. Yeah, I've noticed that the Chargers have some guys that either have injuries or they're on the COVID list, so um, I think the Chiefs seem to be a little bit healthier right now. I guess we've got to monitor the status of Chris Jones, but other than that, um, I think they should be able to cover the three. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? I'm guessing um, it's at three mainly because of um, Chargers passing defense, but Kansas City has a good offense overall. Uh, even if you manage to contain the pass, they can still run the ball. So I think you'd have to go with Kansas City still. Yeah, I think the Chiefs had like three rushing touchdowns last week. So yeah, they can run the ball for sure. Um, getting to the next matchup, um, it's the Vegas Raiders against the Cleveland Browns. Nate, I'll get to that for that preview. So for Vegas, you can take a look at Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Um, he's still questionable. So if he's playing, then you can start him. And then I guess for deep leagues, maybe um, Brian Edwards and Derek Carr. And for Cleveland, um, it's kind of hard to tell because they're looking like the Cleveland General Hospital right now. But I guess you can take a look at Nick Chubb. And then the rest of the guys will kind of depend on who they decide to play. So Dearness Johnson, he should be playing. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Richard Higgins, Harrison Bryant, maybe. Um, and then Baker Mayfield, it'll kind of depend on, um, I guess, the Raiders' defense. So if they can kind of exploit the Raiders' defense, you might be able to start Baker. All right, and we'll get to the spread now. It looks like the Browns are favored by three points at home. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on this. Uh, which side do you like here? It's going to be tough to tell because the Browns are kind of depleted. Um, Raiders haven't been doing so hot, so I think it's going to come down to defense. And the Browns have a pretty decent defense, so I guess I'll just go with the Browns. All right, Mete, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like here? Yeah, it's definitely a tough one. Uh, Browns are really depleted. But uh, they've got a great defense. They're at home, and they're in the playoff hunt. They really need this win, so I think they're going to play really hard. I like to stick with the Browns as well. Yeah, I think assuming all these players are out, I definitely think that the Raiders have a really good chance of winning this game. Uh, I mean, uh, everyone talks about the blowout that they they lost to the Chiefs, but we can't forget how um, on the, the afternoon game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, they got a huge win. They can still play. Um, they have a decent team. So I think against a banged-up Browns team, they have a really good chance of winning this game. I might lean with the Raiders here. Um, and then getting to the next game, uh, it's New England against Indianapolis. I'll preview that one for fantasy. So for the Patriots, you can start Damian Harris. And you can start Ramondre Stevenson, whether both of them play or one of them plays. You should be able to start both of them. They've both been relevant. Then, I guess, um, sits or guys you could maybe start in deep leagues. Mac Jones, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and Jacoby Myers. Um, and then uh, moving to the Colts, um, guys you could probably start are Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. And then, I guess, sits or like deep league guys would be like Carson Wentz, Nynam Hines, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, Zach Paschal and Moali Cox. So um, let's get to the spread for this game. It looks like the Colts are favored by two and a half. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, which side do you like here? 
I feel like I might take the Patriots, even though this is um, a small spread. Patriots have a really good um, defense overall, and they've been able to find ways to make their offense work. All right, Matty, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like here? Yeah, Patriots are red hot, and they're the underdogs. So uh, no question for me, I'm going with the Patriots. Yeah, I think going into week 13, I think the spread was Patriots plus two and a half against Buffalo. And it clearly was always the Patriots. So got to keep riding them while they're hot. I definitely agree with you guys. They should uh, get a win here. They're undefeated on the road this season. Another road game should be another road win for the Patriots, but we'll have to see. And then getting to the next game, um, it's the New York Jets against the Miami Dolphins. Um, I guess, Matty, I'll get to you for that one. Yeah, so for the Jets, the only guy I would play in a standard league is uh, Tevin Coleman. And right now, we don't know if he's going to play. So uh, look out for that. If not, I don't know, maybe Ty Johnson. But in deeper leagues, I'd only play him. And the other two, Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios, I'd only play in deeper leagues as well as the offense is not too great in New York. And then for Miami, like you said, pick up of the week, Tua, definitely. He's got a great matchup. He's been great lately. Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Mike Kosicki. I think all these guys you could roll out in standard, league, standard leagues as you've had good years and it's a good matchup. All right, and uh, let's get to the spread now. It looks like the Dolphins are favored by eight and a half at home. I guess, Mate, what do you think about this spread? It's kind of a big spread, but Dolphins are in a, another team that's red hot, and they're at home. So I'm, I'll just stay with the Dolphins here. All right, Nate, I guess which side are you on here? I think the Dolphins um, faced the Jets um, earlier in the season, and they beat the Jets by a lot, and this is at home. So I think you'd have to go with the Dolphins still. Yeah, I, the thing is the Dolphins are good, but I don't know how much they can cover by. Um, this is a divisional game as well. Um, I, I don't know. It's a tough for me to pick a side, especially with these big spreads. Maybe I might lean towards the Jets just because – um, you know, like even if the Dolphins win by a touchdown, um, I think it's a good win, but the Jets still cover. So, yeah, I think I might lean slightly with the Jets here. Um, and then getting to the next matchup, Carolina against Buffalo. Nate, I'll get to you for the preview. I guess for Carolina, um, you might be able to, able to take a look at DJ Moore if he's healthy. Maybe Chuba Hubbard, um, maybe Robbie Anderson in deep leagues. I was thinking about cam newton but he's been kind of up and down so i think he's also more of a deep league start as well and for buffalo josh allen if he's healthy um stefan diggs cole beasley dawson knox and then i guess maybe Devin singletary and zach moss and deeper leagues all right and uh getting to the spread for that game um it looks like the bills are favored by 10 and a half points um, I guess, Nate, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's kind of big. Um, it's at home. It'll kind of depend on what the, the weather's like. If it ends up being really windy, it might end up being a close game again. 
So I guess if the weather's bad, you can go with the Panthers, but the weather's all right, you can go with the Bills. Yeah, Mehti, what are your thoughts on this spread? Yeah, that's a great point. I was going to say Bills, but it's December in Buffalo, so it could definitely be a bad weather game. And I was also going to say if, if Cam Newton's in for the Panthers, definitely go with the Bills. But again, if it's a bad weather game, Cam Newton's a good runner. So yeah, if it's a bad weather game, definitely go with the Panthers. If not, I'd go with the Bills. <clears throat> Yeah, I feel like the spread could cl- keep climbing. I think anything over 10, you got to lean towards the Panthers, in my opinion. Um, I feel like the the Bills, they, I don't know when the last time they scored 30 points was, but it's been a while. They were one of the highest scoring teams earlier in the season, but it just hasn't been happening. So if you think the Panthers can at least score 21 points, then I think you should be safe going with them on the spread. So I'm going to do that. And then I guess getting to the next game, uh, it's Arizona against the Detroit Lions. I'll preview that one for fantasy. For the Cardinals, you're starting Kyler Murray. Uh, James Conner, if he plays, if not, Chase Edmonds should be returning this week, so you can roll him out. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and Zach Ertz should be good to roll out as well. Then for deep leagues, you could probably start A.J. Green and Rondell Moore. Um, And then in terms of the Detroit Lions, um, if DeAndre Swift returns, you start him. If not, Jamal Williams should be coming back. You start him. If not, uh, it's either going to be Reynolds or one of the other backs. Uh, you might be able to start them in deep leagues. Um, TJ Hawkinson, you should be able to start as well. And then other deep league guys or guys that you could sit will probably be like Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Josh Reynolds, and Khalif Raymond, as we don't know where the targets are going to go. So uh, let's take a look at the spread here. Cardinals are favored by 13 and a half. Mette, I'll start with you. I guess, what do you like here? It's tough. Uh, Right now, we don't know about the running back situation in Detroit. So I think due to that, uh, if Swift is in, he's the Lions' best player on offense. I would go with the Lions, but for now, I'd stick with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think you just got to go right back to the Cardinals for some sort of bounce back here. Um, I don't know, Nate, what are your thoughts? I mean, the, Lion, the Lions do have a decent pass defense. It is at home, so they normally keep it close. But at the same time, it's really hard to pick against the Cardinals. So I'm going to go there as well. All right. And I guess, uh, Mete, I'll move to you for Washington against Philadelphia. All right. So Tyler Taylor Heineke, sorry, if he could play. I'd play in deeper leagues. Antonio Gibson, definitely. Also McLaurin. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I'd go for in standard leagues. And then deeper league guys, uh, Adam Humphreys, Cam Sims, great catch on Trayvon Diggs. And uh, Ricky Seals-Jones also, uh, I think, is a deeper league player. And then for Philadelphia, I think Jalen Hurts is back, so you can ride him. Uh Miles Sanders, if he's good to go as well. If not, you could take a look at Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, or Kenneth Gamewell. Uh, those three are all good backs, and I don't know. I feel like you don't know where the touches are going to go there. And then Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith uh, definitely, I think, are standard league plays. All right. I guess moving on. Uh, to the spread for this game. It looks like the Eagles are favored by four and a half points. 
I guess, Mete, which side are you on here? Uh, it's a good question. Eagles are home. I'm yeah, guessing. they are home. Yeah. Okay. It's a tough one. Uh, I I guess for now I'll lean with the Eagles. Uh, I was kind of expecting a bit more from the Washington offense, but they weren't too great last week. So I'll go with the Eagles right now. Yeah, Nate, what are your thoughts on this? It's really hard to tell. Um, I feel like both teams are kind of um, up and down, but I guess I'll go with the Eagles for now. Yeah, I think I might be leaning slightly towards the Eagles. I just feel like, you know, whether they have, uh, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew, I feel like that it's still an upgrade over the way Heineke's been playing as of late. It's been a little shaky. And yeah, the Eagles defense is pretty underrated in my opinion. So um, yeah, I think I I might actually go um, with the Eagles on the spread here. And then uh, just moving on to the next game, Tennessee against Pittsburgh. I guess Nate, I'll get to you for that one for fantasy. I guess for um, Tennessee, you can maybe take a look at um, Deontay Foreman, uh, Julio Jones, Nick Westbrook, Gakine, uh, maybe Ryan Tannehill and Dontrell Hilliard. And for Pittsburgh, maybe you can take a look at Ben Roethlisberger, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase of Claypool, and Pat Fryermuth. All right, and uh, getting to the spread, it looks like the Titans are favored by two points. Need I guess which side do you like? Um, I feel like you could still take the Steelers mainly, um, because I still think the Steelers have a better defense than Titans do. So I feel like um they might be able to slow down the Titans long enough to kind of stay in the game. I guess Mete, what are your thoughts on the spread? Uh, this is a tough one as well. The Steelers are a really up-and-down team, but they're at home. And the spread's not that big, so I'm having trouble with it. So I think I'll just go with the Titans because I believe they're the much better team. And like I said, the Steelers are really up-and-down, and I feel like they're a bit risky to go with right here. Yeah, um, I guess just looking at this game, the spread's only like, what, um, minus two? So it's pretty much picking the winner of this game. At this point, um, I feel like the Titans are not as uh, under pressure in terms of making the playoffs as Pittsburgh is. So um, there's a chance that Pittsburgh tries to get TJ Watt back in for this game, um, potentially bring others back. So I think I might lean with Pittsburgh. This game honestly could go either way. Like this is the one of the games where the teams are – pretty much uh, like even um, between the two. So, yeah, I, I think I might slightly lean with Pittsburgh because they're getting points. And then I guess moving to the next game, Houston against Jacksonville. I'll cover that one for fantasy. So for Houston, the only safe start in standard leagues is Brandon Cooks. Um, he's the only one I'd roll out. Um, deep leagues or, or guys you should probably sit would be Davis Mills, Rex Burkhead, Nico Collins, Royce Freeman, and David Johnson. And then in terms of the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team with only one start from me, and that's James Robinson, if he's healthy and if he's not in Urban Meyer's doghouse, as he's been the last couple of weeks. Um, other than that, guys, you could maybe start in deep leagues. Trevor Lawrence, Marvin Jones, Carlos Hyde, 
LaVisca Chenault, Laquan Treadwell, or James O'Shaughnessy. So um, I guess getting to the spread for this game, it looks like the Jags are favored by three and a half. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you. Which side do you like here? It's really hard to tell because both teams are kind of at the bottom of the, the league. So assuming it's a close game, I'll go with the Texans. All right, Mete, which side do you like here? Yeah, exactly. It's a toss-up. I usually like to go for the underdog. And I'm not the biggest fan of Urban Meyer. Uh, Davis Mills was like the main reason I usually go against the Texans. And last week, he had a great game. So it looks like the rookie's learning. I like the Texans here as well. I was exactly going to mention the same thing. Um, Davis Mills is probably the reason why I would lean towards the Texans, just because he showed some promise in last game. Um, and I mean, Texans, they're what, getting four points? So I'll take the points. Uh, I feel like these two teams, this is pretty much the, the toilet bowl, the trash can bowl, whatever you want to call it, the lottery bowl. So pretty much both teams will actively be trying to lose. So, And uh, well, from what we've seen from Urban Meyer recently in the NFL, he's great at losing. So I think the Jags might actually lose this game. Uh, I'll move to the next game now. Uh, Dallas Cowboys against New York Giants. Matt I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, those guys I'd start in standard leagues. Then deeper leagues, uh, Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz. Uh, Maybe Tony Pollard if he's back, but we're not sure right now. And for the Giants, Saquon Barkley and then... Sterling Shepard, he's, I don't know, he's kind of a risky play right now. He didn't have the greatest game last week. So maybe in a, he's a deeper league guy. And Evan Ingram, I uh, have as a deeper league guy as well. All right. And I guess getting to the spread for this game, Cowboys are favored by 10 and a half. I guess me personally, I can't take that spread. I'm going to have to go with the Giants. But I guess, uh, Mete, would you take the Cowboys at 10 and a half? Yeah, I, I don't think I'll go for it as well. Uh, this is a game in New York. They don't have a dome. Uh, it could be bad weather there. The Cowboys' run offense hasn't been too great lately. And it's in the double digits. The offense also hasn't been that great lately. So I think Giants make sense here. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts? For me, it's kind of hard to tell because the Giants don't really have um, the best offense either. They do have some talent, so I guess assuming that it comes comes down to um, Saquon getting a lot of runs and the weather's pretty bad, I guess you would still have to go with the Giants. Yeah, I think um, Saquon has looked better in recent weeks. We know how banged up Elliot is. I don't even think Pollard played last game. So, um, yeah, um, I think I would go with the Giants on the spread, even though the Cowboys should I'll be able to win that game. Um, getting to the next game, Atlanta against San Francisco. Nate, I'll get to you for that one for fantasy. So I guess for Atlanta, you can maybe take a look at um, Corderell Patterson, Mike Davis, Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage, maybe Matt Ryan in deeper leagues. And um, for San Francisco, you can maybe take a look at Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Elijah Mitchell if he's playing. Debo Samuel, Brandon A., George Kittle, and maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. in deeper leagues. 
All right, and I guess getting to the spread for this game, looks like the 49ers are favored by nine and a half at home. I guess, Nate, which side are you on here? Um, This spread is also pretty big. I think it's going to come down to, I guess, uh, defense more or less. So I guess I'd still have to go with the 49ers. All right, and I guess, uh, Matty, I'll get to you, nine and a half. Uh, which side are you on? I think the Falcons are kind of underrated because uh, we all know a lot of people like to uh, think about them and being chokers. But, yeah, I, uh, with pa- Cordell Patterson, they're a pretty good team. And uh, nine and a half is a bit uh, of a bigger spread, so I think – the Falcons could cover this, honestly. Yeah, the the thing is, I really don't trust the Falcons. They haven't been a team over 500 this season. Last week, they beat the Panthers, a team that's now below 500. So um, I think the 49ers, they, they've just been a wagon the past couple of weeks. They've been steamrolling teams. I guess ever since that, that loss to the Seahawks, all the other games around there, they haven't lost. They even beat a, a tough Rams team. They, they blew them out of the water. I don't think that the Falcons can stop whatever attack the 49ers have. I actually think that they went by two or more touchdowns, so I'll go with the 49ers here. Um, getting to the next game, Cincinnati against the Denver Broncos. I'll preview that for fantasy. Um, for the Bengals, you're starting Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. And then deep league, C.J. Uzama and Tyler Boyd. And then um, for the Broncos, you're starting Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and potentially Jerry Judy. Uh, he's been building uh, week by week ever since he came back from injury. You might be able to start him. And then deep league guys would be like Teddy Bridgewater, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick. And then um, we'll move to the spread. Um, it looks like the Broncos are favored by one and a half. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the spread. Which team do you like here? I feel like they're both really talented teams on offense, but I think the Broncos have a better pass defense than the Bengals do. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. All right, uh, Mete, which side do you like here? Broncos are favored by one and a half at home. Uh, I still like the Bengals. They had a tough loss, but they're the underdogs. I feel like they could win this game. So, uh, yeah, I like the Bengals. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like we're overvaluing the Broncos after beating up on the Lions. I feel like these teams should be like a pick or something. And I think at that value being plus one and a half, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. They might not win this game, but I think they definitely have a good chance of doing so. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Um, and then for the next matchup, uh, Seattle against the LA Rams. Uh, Matt, I'll get you on that one. All right. So for Seattle, Russell Wilson. Uh, pickup of the week, Rashad Penny looked great. So I like him. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Gerald Everett, I'd play in deeper leagues for the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford, Daryl Henderson Jr., if you can clear the COVID protocols. If not, Sony Michelle, he's done a great job filling in. Odell Beckham Jr., he's looked great as a Ram. Van Jefferson, he's done great lately. And then Tyler Higby and Cooper Cup as well. All right. And uh, moving on to the spread here, the Rams are favored by four and a half. I guess, Mete, which side do you like? Yeah, I think I might have to go with the Rams here. 
the Seahawks, they haven't been too convincing this season, so it's not the biggest spread. I like the Rams. All right, Nate, I'll get to you, I guess. Which side do you like here? I mean, the Rams were able to outpace the Cardinals, which is really impressive. And the Seahawks haven't really been playing like their old selves, so I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I think one thing I've learned about teams from this division is that you just got to take the team that's getting points because the games are so close or the the team getting points is usually winning outright. So I think I'm going to take the Seahawks here at plus four and a half. Um, the game's either going to come down to the wire or they should be able to win it outright because that's been the trend going on this whole season. So it might not happen here, but I, I kind of like the Seahawks. So I'm going to take them. Um, getting to the next game, um, Green Bay against Baltimore. Nate, I'll get you to preview that. So I guess for Green Bay, you can take a look at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Avante Adams, Mason Crosby, because he's a really good kicker. <laughs> and in deep leagues, you can take a look at A.J. Dillon, Alan Lazard. I only put Marcus Valdez-Gatling because he randomly gets like 20 points, but personally, I wouldn't start him because there's no way to tell whether he's going to get targets or not. And I guess for Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is questionable. So um, you might be able to start Tyler Huntley if Lamar is not playing. But if Lamar's playing, start him. Um, and then Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews. And then in deeper leagues, maybe Devontae Friedman and Latavius Murray. All right, uh, Nate, I'll get to you first. Packers are favored by four and a half on the road. I guess which side do you like? It is a home game, but at the same time, um, Lamar's questionable. I think Tyler Huntley's pretty good, but I'm still going to go with the Packers. All right, Mete, getting to you, uh, which side do you like here? Yeah, the Ravens have been kind of slumping lately, so Packers really consistent. I'm going with the Packers as well. Yeah, I think the Packers are the best team this season against the spread, so I think we just need to keep riding them. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Green Bay as well. All right, let's get to the next game. Uh, it's the New Orleans Saints against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll preview that one for fantasy. So I guess for the Saints, uh, the only two guys I would start are Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara because they're the two safest options against a pretty stingy Bucks defense, in my opinion. Um, but I guess, guys, you could roll out in, like, deep leagues or you might want to sit. Uh, Mark Ingram, he should be back this week. Uh, Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith. And then... Getting to the Buccaneers, I think you can roll out Tom Brady. He is a risky play. He hasn't had a good career against the Saints, but you, if you have him, you're in a playoff week, so you're probably rolling him out. Um, Leonard Fournette, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski are all must-starts. And then, I guess, deep league guys could be guys like Ronald Jones, Cameron Brait, and Tyler Johnson. So uh, we'll get to the spread now. Um, it looks like the Bucs are favored by 10 and a half. There's no way I'm taking the Bucs here after they lost to the Saints last game. But I don't know, Mete, what are your thoughts? Yeah, a tough one, but um, uh, yeah, I, I'll go with the Saints as well. Like you said, it feels like the Saints have kind of had Brady's number. It's a big spread. Kamara's back at least, so they don't have to win. Uh, they could cover this. I guess, Nate, do you think uh, the Saints can cover? I'm going to go with the Bucks here. I guess it depends on how well the Bucks defense um, pass a game for the Saints, but at the same time, 
Saints have a really good um, defense, just like the Bucks do. So I feel like the Saints can keep it close. Yeah, I mean, I, like I mentioned, they ended up beating the Bucks last game. Um, the Saints have always frustrated the Bucs. The only time the Bucs have beaten them in recent memory is in last year's Super Bowl run. So Saints really have dominated the, the matchup between the two. Um, let's get to the final game, the Monday night, uh, the Vikings against the Bears. Mete, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Minnesota Vikings, you'd probably roll out Kirk Cousins. He just had a rough game last week. Usually he's really good. Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, if he could play. Justin Jefferson, uh, KJ Osborne, probably in deeper leagues if Adam Thielen is in. But if he's out, he's a, a standard league guy as well. And Tyler Conklin, I think, is a deeper league guy. Uh, for the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, probably another deep league guy. David Montgomery, and then Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Allen Robinson, those three, I think, are all deep league plays all right and we'll get to the spread for the game the vikings are favored by three and a half i guess mete which side are you on yeah uh, <laughs> it's really tough calling these vikings games but it's kind of hard not to go with them here uh i know the bears are home but they're they haven't been great this season so vikings they're trying to make the push hopefully they start getting more consistent at this point. All right, Nate, what about you? Which side do you like? That's really hard to call. Three and a half makes it really tricky. Um, I'm just going to go with the Bears, um, mainly because they're at home and they have a good pass defense. Yeah, give me the Bears as well. I told you I don't like the Vikings on the road. They were at home last game and they almost lost at the end of the game. So I think on the road, I don't even want to trust the Vikings. Um, plus their games are usually won by three points or less, so they could still win and not cover. So I'm going to go with the Bears here. Um, yeah, I, I like what I saw from Justin Fields. They could be getting Allen Robinson back for this game as well. So another weapon there, and even if they don't use him a lot, but he's still going to be there. So yeah, I might lean towards the Bears. And yeah, that's the end of previewing um, week 15 and the end of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast episode for Fanatics football. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We'll post picks for all these games updated on Sunday and Thursday and Saturday this week and Monday. So um, definitely go check those out. Um, then check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, guys, football's on four days this weekend. So that's going to be great. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.